Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we're back with the death lineup talking. What a horrendous time in Warriors land right now. We started the the the, the gauge, the temperature gauge, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of shows ago, where you were uh, with 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 the team. I can't imagine you are at a five like you were last week. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I don't. It was a five out of ten, so that's already failing. Um, the thing is, I've had the mindset that this team needs a trade for so long that, like, the Pelicans game, all as bad as it was, like, it didn't totally change that for me. Because, I mean, unless they make a trade, yeah, it's going way down. But the five is essentially me saying, I know they need a trade. They're going to make a trade. So you were at the game, right? I was at the game. I, I mean, losing by over 30 points to the Pelicans and not saying that the Pelicans aren't a good team because I think they're a pretty good team and they're a matchup, sort of a matchup nightmare for the Warriors just in general. But watching it live, like, was there one singular thing you could put your finger on? Because you're saying a trade and they could make a trade and it could be positive. But it seems to me that there's more than just one or two small issues going on. Yeah, um, like I guess, does Draymond win them that game? No, but a lot of how the Pelicans offense was working was that they'd have Zion drive, draw two, everyone shifts over, kick to the wide open shooter. Mm -hmm. And when you have Draymond on Zion, hypothetically, they have not had to double that matchup. And quite frankly, I don't think they should be doubling that matchup, but I don't know. They did it every single time. Every time Zion drove, they sent two, and there's a wide-open shooter. And so he was just, I don't even know what his assist numbers look like. Maybe it was a pass-to-pass to to assist or something like that, but he was clearly the most effective, in my opinion, because he was just able to find wide-open shooters, and you have um, what uh, Trey Murphy, you have Herb who was on, CJ, Jordan Hawkins. Like, If that's the defensive strategy you were going with, like they should have known they were going to get burned, but... A trade to me, to me, that game showed, quite frankly, how small they were. Mm-hmm. And the Pelicans were able to abuse them with size. And the guy who I want them to get, Pascal Siakam, can help change a little bit of that. He also changes having a secondary option. He also changes a lot of things for them. If you have Draymond and Siakam, obviously you would not have the same team. You'd probably not have Wiggins. You might not have CP. You already didn't have CP. You might not have JK or something like that. Do I think you win that game? I do. I do. And Steph hasn't had a good December or January. It seems like he hasn't had a pretty consistent stretch of like two to three 30 point games in a while now. And I don't want to like lead. I don't want to, you know, place this idea in anyone's mind that this guy's regressing because uh, I don't believe so. But I think that 
he i think it's i think it's just it's just too much and he's been having to do this for a while now but you know in 2022 you had all-star wiggins you had a guy who could be maybe not a second best player in the championship team for any team but just how good steph was that he was viable to be a second best player in a championship team they're missing that guy they had jordan Poole; he was able to get a bucket off the dribble they don't have that guy anymore uh, as a secondary option so you know we've been parading it since the denver game and probably prior i think in the offseason i was saying it and they didn't do it and then i tried to justify why it was okay that they didn't do it and then i i think i just think a secondary option specifically coming from the wing would change a lot for this franchise and it is dependent on draymond coming back and being you know a version of himself um but it's just the defense just looks idiotic like since Mike Brown left and Kenny Atkinson took the defense. I'm just like, what the hell are these guys doing? There's just so much miscommunication, so much lack of defensive IQ, in my opinion. And I know we don't like saying the word IQ because, yeah, they're way smarter than us when, in any fashion of the of the, of the the word, but it's just, it, it looks silly. Um, it's missing Draymond and it's missing another a wing and it's probably missing a more... Uh, a bigger rim rim protection presence as well, but you might be able to get away with not having that. So I, it's a five um, after the Pelicans game. Sure. It'll go to a four, but that whole five thing was, it, it was dependent on, I know they're making a trade. It seems pretty obvious that that's going to happen. Okay. So last year we were on the Siakam train. We were trying to figure out how you could get him. And I think at least as far as I can remember, my hypothesis was Siakam could be a Draymond replacement if the Warriors did not re-sign Draymond. They're not the same player, but he does some similar things. Uh, it would be a different, they would, they would have to play differently with him instead of Draymond, but they didn't, they signed Draymond. But it's almost the same scenario to me because it's not about the fact that Draymond isn't on their contract. He is. It is now the fact, can you trust Draymond to be on the court? And I'm not sure about that. Now, playing with Draymond, can you play Siakam at the four and Draymond at the five and defend? Because what you just said, the size aspect of this, by the way, Zion had did have seven assists. Um, the, size, the size aspect of this is something that we kind of poo-pooed earlier in the season, and it was sort of like, well, they're always going to be small, and the way that Steph plays, he kind of needs the space, and if you play with the big, it might screw Steph up. But I think it's clear. It is absolutely clear that the league has changed ever so slightly, and whatever... Uh, superpower the Warriors had by going small. It does not exist anymore because what they don't have is the athleticism anymore. So now you're going small and you're old and small and you have these young and long teams who are not afraid of you anymore. And that is the other thing is there's no worry in any of these teams that the Warriors are just going to come in and bulldoze them. That, that, like, that may have been their three and four years ago does not exist today. And so what we have, and, and this is the Steph comparison to me, I think 2021 where they get, they lose in the play in you go back to that roster. That was basically Steph 
running around and just doing stuff and force of will and trying to make it happen. And, you know, he had a great scoring year, but he didn't have, uh, he didn't have clay. I don't remember what Draymond's status was that year as far as how much he played. He did have Wiggs and Wiggs was probably, uh, he had to be better than uh, this version of Wiggs. He was, uh, but you know, that, that was more comparable. That was still the Steph's got to do everything offensively team. And so we're back to that right now. And I'm not sure if this gets better in the current form that we have. And I think it gets worse because I think part of the, the problem here is Steph has to handle the ball so much. And so he's just getting trapped way sooner He's not as much off the ball to where he can just kind of run around and he could be decoying a lot of these people and, and, you know, just his, his overall stamina and uh, the way that he prepares his body and stuff, he's going to be ready. But I think it's just an overall frustration of like, you know, it's like one on five offensively. There was a stat. I think I saw it in the in the athletic newsletter, the basketball newsletter this morning, and they said, you know, the Warriors' normal lineup of Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond and Looney is like a minus nine or something per game. And I was like, well, what happens if you take Wiggins out of that? I bet you it gets a lot closer to even because you talk about maybe the most disappointing player in the NBA right now who is healthy. It might be Andrew Wiggins. The drop-off from who he has been until now, you don't usually see this kind of fall-off from a player unless there's like an injury, unless the athleticism just goes away, unless there's been this like catastrophic thing that has happened to the team and frustration or, or whatever. Andrew Wiggins, I'm not sure he's even playable right now. And yet Steve Kerr, is saying, well, if we look at the last month and Wiggins was pretty good in the last month, I'm like, bro, he is telling you right now who he is. Like, pay attention because you're dropping these games by hoping that Wiggins playing becomes this player. I think we had this discussion earlier in the season as well, how trying to get Wiggins to play himself into being good again is causing this team to drop basketball games. and. If you can get back to 500, great. That's probably still not going to be enough. So I, I, I again, I, I said this last time. Kaminga's got to be playing 30 minutes a game. Wiggins has got to be the second, whatever the secondary guy plays, that or less. And I was going to say I would even play Moody ahead of Wiggins, but then Moody's going to miss Friday's game. I don't know if you saw the report, but he's out. And so no CP, no Draymond, no Moody. And you go into Chicago, and Chicago's been playing better for sure. Yeah, no, they're, they've been actually playing well. I they're, think they're on a winning streak. Going up in the, uh, in the playoff rankings in the East. I don't think you can drop these games anymore just by the mere hope that Andrew Wiggins turns back into this player that we hope that he is. Uh, you got he's got to prove it. I, I don't know how he proves it, whether it's in practice, whether it's being vocal, whether it's having a conversation. I'm sure there's coaching going on behind the scenes that we don't see or know. 
But the mere fact that this dude is on the court and just looks lost and it's painful because you know what he is. But I'm at the point of where it's like we need to ride Kaminga in these lineups with Steph because Steph needs help. Kaminga gives him help. And you need these guys to play together to really figure out how, how long until the, the trade deadline? What do we got, a month? About, like, you yeah. have a month to decide if Kaminga is the guy. And by playing him 20 minutes so that you can play Wiggins an extra 15 minutes, it's just, it's silly to me. I'd, I'd kick the cans. I'd kick the tire. I don't think, I don't think they're going to um, trust Kaminga to be the guy. And I think that, even if not, though, one, one second, don't you want to raise his trade value? If you're going okay. to have to trade him. Yeah. I, I think it's at its peak right now, to be honest. I think they should trade him now. I think it's Wiggins who trade value who's in the gutter. And ideally, you bring his trade value up. Maybe Kerr's been doing that in the shadows because they close with Wiggins at the half again and not Kaminga. But he's, he's not playing well. So it's not you're not raising the trade value. I know. I, I I don't think he's optimizing lineups. Um, I, I actually I replied to a Tim Kawakami tweet because sometimes I'm not even replying to the tweeter. I just want to get my own take off just for the, the sake of like, say it's right. You know, I just want to have that in writing. But there's a lineup that they have not really tried at all that feels like it would be something. And it's Steph Pajemski, Kamingo Wiggins and Trace Jackson Davis. Kerr always wants his two ball handlers. And then you try the two wings with the big guy. And I think it's only logged like eight minutes. And I'm just, that's one where it's like, why just try it? Like, why are we like the, their top? Okay. Our, the, their top lineup for last night, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Moses Moody, TJD plus six. Um, And that one almost felt like it was working because of the defense and they were in transition and they were running a Steph and Moody pick and pop where Moody would just be back and he'd kick it to him for the shot. But I'm just surprised they haven't, you know, the lineups that they've tried with the two wings, Wiggins and Kaminga, has not really showcased two ball handlers, um, two playmakers that are usually on the court at all times. And yeah, I mean, it's just that, that that's just what I re- and my whole rationale essentially was like, at least just give it a shot. And ideally, you can r- raise some of Wiggins trade value because at, at its at, currently, like if you were to trade Wiggins straight up for anybody like you'd have to give up assets in order to get anything of real value back. Like he's on under contract for like the next four to five years at like 24 or 25 a year. And he's playing like he should not have a contract at all. So you're committed to him long-term and he doesn't even look playable. Like that's the worst of both worlds. (laughs) So yeah, my, my rationale was like, try and optimize a dang lineup. And it just feels like Kerr's not doing that. But what, what does your data say about Kaminga and Wiggins together? It's awful. It's absolutely it's really awful. But my point, my point is, is that the surrounding pieces around them don't optimize them. And in, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, Kaminga has has the full green light from um, the coaching staff to be another playmaker to because Draymond's one of them. You have four or five on the team. It's Steph, CP3, Pajemski, Corey Joseph, and Draymond. And the fact that they consider Corey Joseph one is stupid, but that's a different conversation. But essentially what I mean by that is Kerr always wants to have two playmakers on the court at all time. A guy who you can give the ball to and he's going to go 
and set something up and not necessarily a shot creator, but someone who he feels confident enough to bring the ball up and play make essentially. And it feels like Kaminga could also do that, but he doesn't have the green light from the coaching staff to do it. Um, but I also think he can get a little tunnel vision with when he's bringing the ball up and he's decided to do something, he's going to do it. There's not really much change for, you know, if he's decided he's going to drive and try and score, like he's going to do that. If he's decided he's going to pass and set Steph and clay up, which I think he's been doing a wonderful job at, he's going to do it. There's not much variation for once he's decided in order to change that decision. Um, so maybe that's why they're not giving him as much of a green light, but it just, if they're not going to do that, then I just don't see them. Um, giving him the opportunity uh, this season. And if you want to optimize this season and they don't trust the fourth year or third year player, whatever he is to do it, um, then I don't, I don't think he should be on this team. And it sucks because I'm a big Kaminga fan. I think wherever he goes, he's going to blossom and become whatever he was supposed to be. But I don't know if he can do it on this team um, this year. I wonder if he's the sweetener to get out of Wiggins. I think he might be, but I did. I tried to add up the numbers for, uh, Siakam and just them two alone doesn't even reach the number. I think them two alone is like 32 and Siakam's like 37. Yeah, you'd have to probably throw CP's contract like in GP, there somehow. If the initial trade I did was CP3, Kaminga, Trace Jackson Davis, and a first-round pick. And since making that trade, I think you can get rid of the first-round pick and just like do that alone. And the rationale was um, I tried to keep Moody because um and i tried to get rid of any type of depth that kerr could play over moody in the rotation so if cp3's out he's still not playing him Corey joseph all of a sudden is going to be playing so great then you add Corey joseph to the damn trade (laughs) you add Corey joseph to the trade maybe get rid of tjd and throw in a pick the reason i did i think trace jackson davis has real trade value he's on the books for four years at like one or two million a year and he's proven to be that he could play in this league and i think that's valuable especially with you know flexible in a team friendly contract. Um, but yeah, you, the thing, the thing that worries me though, is the Pelicans game. Another bad thing to me that it showed is that Pajemski can have really bad nights. He's back to back on pretty tough nights statistically for him. I know the Raptors one, he felt more effective, but statistically, I think he was like, Oh, of eight from three and the Pelicans one. It seemed like he was actively ruining things and getting rid of CP three kind of gives him the keys to be like the lead guard in the second unit. And I would worry if he's ready to do that on a contending team, which is a very valid worry for a first-year player. And it shouldn't go against him in any way. But he has shown that he can, like, really ball. And so I was, you know, now seeing those past two nights, I'm a little hesitant. I'm like, shit, should we be giving up CP3? But the contracts are so weird where, you know, you can't do just Wiggins and Kaminga. And the problem with getting rid of both Wiggins and Kaminga is now you have no more two-way wings on your roster outside of Siakam. If you were to get Siakam, like, we don't really consider clay a, a full-time two-way wing anymore he's the only good against specific matchups um and so yeah like even that's a tough one so i don't know like i think the dream trade deadline scenario for them would be caruso and siakam i don't know how they do it i think they can get one like siakam i don't know how they end up with caruso but i think that would be the dream trade trade deadline everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, I agree, I, I agree with you about the, the wing situation. You're, you're giving up. You can't give up both of them. But I do wonder if it's almost like going back to your scenario of like forces Kerr to play Moody and also to to, to play coming if you have no Wiggins. He's got to play all of those minutes. But at the same time, it's almost like you're doing Moody an injustice because there's absolute like I think the Warriors take him for granted for his personality of being so casual and you know he just he fits in and he just wants to help the team and he doesn't like force his scenario. Like JK has to have his agent leak something to Shams for the Warriors to react to him, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But that, like that whole thing, it just seems like, you know, for whatever reason, the style of basketball that these guys play, the style of basketball that Kerr wants to see, they don't fit in some way and they get punished for it. Whereas Wiggins can play so terribly and Steve is trying to find the positive in everything that he does. Some of that is just that he's a vet and he won a championship, but still it's just like, man, imagine if you just evolve Kerr. like imagine I mean, if you were those guys though. Right. Like it's gotta be just like so frustrating. I know it's, it's like you like what I think, I don't, I forget which one of them said it, but it was like, you do all, you know, they request things of you and you fulfill that. And there's no like reward. The reward should be more playing time, but that doesn't happen. And that's just kind of weird. Yeah. You request something of someone and they fulfill it. And, and it's just like, nice. All right. Back to the bench. <laughs> and Kerr also has this experience of being a role player. And to him, his quote was that he wanted more playing time every season of his life. And there was a little bit of context behind that, right? Like, was it was it like fully serious? Didn't Curry say like, yeah, he was joking a little bit? Because let's be real, Steve Kerr was never like the what? What? Where did he go in the draft? He was like, a, like no, a second, was, like a second round pick. It's like a no star prospect, like Moody. Well, and, no, he and was he was at he was actually a star in Arizona. He got hurt, but he was a top level player in Arizona for sure. I'm talking about like high school to college. I forget like. I mean, I I don't know what he was rated going into college, but like Moody it's, and Kaminga have kind of the, been like stuff, stars their whole work, life. It didn't work like that back then so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he was very highly touted, especially in, in Arizona. He was playing on those Team USA teams uh, that were, you know, playing in the tournaments and such. And that's how he actually got hurt, was playing for Team USA. I think he's like missed his second or third year in college because he tore up his knee on one of those tours so i think he's he's always kind you know he he can be joking about that but i think it's true right i don't think uh, very rarely did steve kerr ever make a starting rotation or ever play in a rotation um for for much well he's i mean he's a longtime bench guy but i do wonder if because he ate his vegetables and came off the bench he somehow believes that he believed in the system so much that it allowed him to to be successful and to have the rings. And so if you're trying to force that, or at least that mentality on these young players whose aspirations are, are you know, are a little bit bigger, it's not, at, you're not actually seeing their point of view. 
and the league is different. He's got a, they've, they've got agents to deal with and they've got people responding who are not JK and Moody. So it's a little bit different, but he's a little bit more old school. And I know that a lot of the folks want to see him evolve as a, a coach, but I don't, I don't even think it's the coach talking. I think it's the NBA professional in him talking, saying, this is how you win. I have 10 rings and I've never seen it happen in this other way, unless you were Michael Jordan and nobody here or Steph Curry and nobody here is Michael Jordan or Steph Curry. Yeah. But then we go into the questions of why he has those 10 rings and then what six of them or five of them are Michael, a few of them are Popovich and the Tim Duncan era. And then it's Steph and Kevin Durant. Like, like he's gotten lucky. He's gotten lucky. He's played his part, but he has gotten lucky. And I know that some of the criticism surrounding him is he was gifted a championship level team. Okay, but, but think think about let let's let's go back to who were some of your favorite guys who were depth pieces on those championship teams. Most Spates, I know mean, uh, most Spates did. Did did most Spates win that first round? I don't even think he won a ring. He didn't win. He gone. didn't win a ring. He, he was only in twenty sixteen. Um, so you think of like, uh, are you just asking me to name guys? I don't remember my favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's Curry's, uh, Curry's under armor buddy. Oh, he didn't even win a ring either though. He didn't win a ring either. No, Bazemore. No, he didn't win a ring. Bazemore won one. But anyways, (laughs) uh, who's Katie? Who's Katie's buddy? Oh man. Quinn Cook. Yeah. (laughs) Quinn Cook. Let's use Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook won a ring. Yeah. Like Steve Kerr probably he, Steve at, Kerr as a player, as, as a prospect, as someone talent-wise, was more on the level like coming out of uh how he was rated as a prospect is probably more on the level of Quinn Cook than it was on the level of Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. Mm. These guys, man, there's they were went in the lottery. They were these like this is a contract year for them. Like they're they, okay, but if were... but if you're looking at the NBA in 1986 versus today's NBA, these at these guys are being rated highly based on potential, not on anything. Yes, I'm talking. I'm I'm strict. I'm talking strictly potential. Actually, I'm talking strictly potential, and that's yeah. The, so that that proved that if you're Kerr, that proves your point even more in that you want to see it in practice and you want to see it on the floor when it matters versus always relying on the potential piece. And I'm not saying that he's right. Cause I'm, I've been on the, we need to play Jonathan. We need to play Moses. We need to figure out who they are thing this entire time. And he's been very, uh, he's been very adamant that this is how they win basketball games. And if you are going to complain about that, then you also have to give him credit for it working in those other years because he was able to get all of those guys to buy in. I'm sure David West thought he should have been the starting center on the title team that he was on. I'm He's sure. Tripping. Huh? He's tripping. Da- David West is tripping? Yeah, he should not have been the starting five on that team. No, but but I, every but but what Steve Kerr was saying is that everybody who's not starting 
believes they should be starting. If you yeah, don't think fan, if you don't think like that, then you're probably not playing basketball at a high level. Yes. But Kaminga and Moody have an argument. Which is well, Moody should be playing. <laughs> and he's only playing because people are injured. He's, he missed, he got booted from the rotation, and, and Kaminga needs a way longer leash. Um, but you're, again, you're like putting at you're, the half. You're putting conditions in that, right? You're not saying Jonathan Kaminga is pointless. Or- if we're just this is like if you're if we're just like trying to give curve validity and validity for what he's doing, I I don't totally care. I think we should focus on like like these guys. These guys, he's not going to trust them. He's he's not. No, and... I'm, I'm not. I'm not giving him validity. I'm telling you, this is the exercise. Here's the exercise: Did Jonathan Kaminga make you know all the right plays in his time? And then you, and, and the obvious answer is no. And then it's why. And then what does that mean? And this is the thing that they're doing now. I'm with you. I think you should. I think these guys should be able to fail a little bit and not have to worry about being on eggshells as much but what i'm saying is is if we believe that curs uh the way that he coaches a team is uh is a specific way we also have to give credit that that specific way has worked in the past and that is what he is banking on is that it's worked in the past we've gotten people to buy in and this is this is what we do now if they decide that hey this is this is not that team anymore you're we're doing this the wrong way that is a basketball decision from the front office down all the way through that they have to figure out and and that is the i think that's the hardest piece right because bob myers is gone and he is a fundamental part of what the past was uh and you know steve kerr's contract is up at the end, at the at the end of the season he is a fundamental piece of what the past was they really have to figure out what is the future while trying to hold on to the remaining years of Steph Curry that is a hard thing to do and i'm not sure that we've seen it done successfully because even you go go back to those kobe lakers kobe wasn't 36 years old i think kobe was in like his early 30s and then you built around him. You brought in Artest. You brought in Paul Gasol. Uh, you brought in Ron, um, uh, who was the center? I forget the center's name. But for what I'm saying is, is like this is. I'm not sure this has been done successfully before. Where you your aging superstar is like 35, 36. How old was was Michael when he won his last championship? I want to say he was like 35. Well, so how old was LeBron when he won in 2020. Probably like 37. He, yeah, he's like 37. 36, yeah. But he has AD, and then the Warriors don't have AD. Can they get AD? I don't think AD's out there. Who is yeah, close to AD that is that is out there? Probably nobody. So it, this is this is like a it's like a hard jigsaw puzzle. And I know the fan base is like, well, we need this, 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 and this. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree, but at the same time, I also understand how hard it is to adjust and to change and to adapt and to build a roster. Because what you're saying is, is if you change this roster, what you're saying is, is the way that we won championships no longer exists. 
I don't think that's totally true. I think you could still have a Warriors offense if Steph and Draymond are on the court. Like, I think you could still run it how they usually do. Um, but if you bring in Siakam, it's just the only thing that would be different is, yeah, you're kind of going to the, the, the death lineup a lot quicker. You're starting it essentially. Um, but, but how would they beat like the team from last night? Who's all long and fast and jumps high and, and they're still small against that team, no matter what. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that I think that does raise some that that one raises some questions, but that's, I don't know. That's the, I don't think that I don't think the Pelican that stuff doesn't work in the playoffs. Like you, you know what you know what's funny though is still I bet you out of all the teams in that like you know 10, 11, 12 uh, area, I bet you the Nuggets still hope that the Warriors do not make the playoffs because they play the, the Nuggets the best out of all of these other teams. So I think those are the nights where Kerr's like, see, that is proof that we can still do this. And then nights like last night should be should be him and the org saying, look, this is why we may not be able to do this. Some of that is Steph, though, right? Ste- you're starting to hear Steph be a little bit more vocal about having to change and he's not really been that kind of guy before like uh, i said to you and ben i was like man i hope this guy's like raising hell in the back like he should use you know he should be vocal because if this was lebron's team you would already be hearing stuff through shams and Woj about who you know about him being unhappy about the organization has to act or else you would have he may opt out Right. You would have heard it weeks ago. They're two different. They're they're different in the way that they handle their business. But I hope Steph is raising hell in the back. And 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 you know, I I and I'm not arguing with you necessarily. I'm trying to give you the perspective of probably how those guys, how Kerr and company see it, which is we have this foundation, and if we buy into Kaminga and Moody, the foundation changes. And how do we adjust our team? from there and, not, and it's not just coming in moody i'm just saying you go younger maybe you you tank this season and you set up for next season whatever it is i mean they're doing a good job tanking on their own they may not even have to tank but um okay let, let's change subjects real quick here draymond suspension is up we talked last week a lot about what they need to do with him back. And, you know, I think we're in agreement that they're going to have to play. They're going to have to play him at center because they just need to go faster and they need to, they're like such a bad transition team right now. And it's kind of ridiculous. Um, He's not playing Friday. They've already said that. Do you, when, when do you think he actually finds basketball court? (laughs) I think me and Ben both said next Monday, but yeah, after the Pelicans game, it feels like it should have been Friday. Yeah, I thought before it was going to be I thought it was going to be Friday because of yesterday, but yeah. it doesn't look like it's going to be Friday. Uh so I'm I'm pulling up their schedule here right now for the next They have well, it's a back-to-back, right? They have they have a back-to-back against Milwaukee after Chicago and then they play again on Monday. So could he play that Milwaukee game? I'd say no. <laughs> they, um, they're going to get run out of the gym in that Milwaukee game, unless unless Giannis like it. doesn't play. Yeah, 
Oh man, Dame Dame's gonna be so happy. Dame's gonna be skipping. Yeah, Dame needs to do that quote again for Steph. He's not getting <laughs> the same looks that he used to. <laughs> Steph can drop sixty-two. Uh, but um, then the the Grizzlies game is a nice little fallback plan because the Grizzlies are terrible, and dude, uh, especially like, without Jaw. And then they now Mark Smart is out too. I don't I don't wish upon anybody's injuries, and I feel like when you preface something with this, you're gonna say like, <laughs> but I'm glad that no, but. When when Jaw was suspended, I was like, "Darn! Like, how come the Warriors couldn't load up on any Memphis games in the first twenty five games of suspension? <laughs> because man, do they look good now that he's back and now he's yep. gone for the rest of the year, and we still didn't even play him in that stretch. It feels weird it's we crazy. haven't played Memphis yet. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like, j- like that shows you how valuable he is as a singular player and how valuable one player can be on a team because he came back and it was like night and day. Night and day. Yeah. Um, but man. I, I mean, this just feels pointless talking about this team until there's a trade. It feels absolutely pointless. They're not going to win a damn game. <laughs> and isn't it interesting? Like, C- CP3 is hurt now. He's not playing. Yeah. That second it, unit has taken a dive. It's like, bad. it looks awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I don't even know what you can do because we keep talking about, oh, there's roster and they have to make decisions. And, and then it's like, okay, second team. It looks like they have nobody, <laughs> which is yeah. what it looks like. Um, the, uh, the, the trade deadline is coming, not coming soon enough. I wish it was Wait, like, let's, well, we should do the, like, okay, this is just to try and convince you and the listeners. I don't think I need to convince you, but there's four star caliber players out there. I think me okay. and you have been talking Siakam. about me and you have been talking about how they need a secondary score to alleviate pressure off Steph. They don't have mm-hmm. that on the team right now. So the available guys out there that I've been hearing is Siakam, mm-hmm. Jante Murray, Zach mm-hmm. Levine. Now, if you mm-hmm. dig a little deeper, there's some Donovan Mitchell stuff. There's some Kyle Kuzma stuff, but those guys would obviously require a more extensive package. Um, but out of out of those guys, of the Siakams, Levines, Dejounte Murray's, like just going down the list, I just feel like one. I've I've seen some mocks for Dejounte, like oh, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if Clay Thompson and like a pick or two is swapped for Dejounte straight up, and I'm just like. I'd almost prefer to have the rental and Siakam with no commitment for the future than be stuck to DeJounte Murray for the next four to five years, be stuck to Zach Levine at a terrible number for the next four to five years. What is Murray's problem? Because if you were just to look at the back of the basketball card numbers, his numbers look excellent. 21 a game, shooting 40% from three, shooting 47% from the field. Like offensively, Solid defensively. he averaging almost five rebounds and five assists a game. I, what is his issue? And and the secondary question is: Is his issue the fact that he's playing next to uh, Trey, who who needs who, the ball and who in in he you know Trey's handling uh, uh, the ball a lot? That's probably what I would say. Is that because yeah, I don't see much of an issue with his play style at all. Um, but that's probably the issue of just playing next to Trey. You know, you bring in DeJounte and the idea was to get Trey off ball more so that you can have more of a le- less of a heliocentric offense. And quite frankly, Trey just works the best when he is the offense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing with DeJounte, though, is just like, I think I don't think he addresses the size issue. I think he addresses, you know, the playmaking issue or like the, the, the idea of needing another ball handler. I think he can do some point of attack defense, but I don't think he is a number two. Um, I don't think he can get a bucket at will. And 
but there he does fix some stuff i just don't i just don't like the idea of like you know being being tied to him for five years his extension kicks in next year and it's at a higher number i think he's only getting paid like 17 right now but i think next year it kicks into like 28 mm-hmm. 28 to me siaka makes the most 28 is not terrible it's a little more than what wigs is getting it's about yeah. what jordan Poole was getting yeah um but just for the next five years and you don't i don't know i i would rather have the rental and almost just like have the cap space and just be like just like campaign for free agents. So I like Murray. I like Murray way better than I like Levine. Yeah. I don't. And this is what I said earlier is I don't think that there's like a, there's like a one fix solution thing. And a lot of things kind of have to go. Well, one Draymond has to come back in, in a big way. Like, this dude needs to be fresh. He needs to be, like, you know, right mind, body's right, comes out with the right mentality, playing winning basketball. It's like, I got to do this for Steph. I got to do this for Clay. These are my guys. The second thing that needs to happen is they need to figure out the stupid rotation. They're, they're, they have a starting rotation, and then they have, like, a starting the second half rotation. And I think it was last week when I was saying – they need to find out what the closing rotation is because they keep giving up these games. And this was after the, the Denver game where they, they lost that lead. And it's like, we need to figure out the end rotation and they can't even figure out who's going to start or who's going to start the second half. Like that's how bad it is. And then the third thing is, yeah, you need to, you need to make a deal and you need to figure out who you can keep and who you can't. I, I would guess that some of pods is uh Stuff is is rookie wall because this is about the part of the season where his college season would have been over by now. And he's still got a whole second half of basketball to go. And he's played a lot of minutes for a 20 some odd pick in, in the first round. Uh, you know what? You know what I want to hear, I guess. And, and I'm not sure Steph is this guy. He has been in the past, though. I mean. You know, he wrote that famous tweet about how he's going to, you know, we're going to get it right. That famous, famous tweet. And he has been like overly calm during this situation. I, I haven't seen a thrown mouthpiece. Like even last year, this dude threw his mouthpiece and got kicked out of a game. Right. And then and then Jordan Poole wins the game and he goes into the locker room and he pretends like he throws his mouthpiece like like Steph has not done any of that yet and maybe he thinks that he you want to know what i think it is draymond you want to know what i think it is what this is, this is not 100 percent uh sure proof but in those games that you're mentioning like even when in uh 2021 the Ubre season and and you know mm-hmm. he's like yell he's like yelling at them on the sidelines we never really saw that from him and he throws the mouthpiece last year and he kicks chairs last year like he was playing really well when he did that. <laughs> yeah. He ain't playing yeah. too well right now. And, you know, in the games where he does play well, we still usually win them. Like, when's the last time he scored 30 and we didn't win a game? And this is, I don't, I can't totally remember off the top of my head, but it wasn't like him scoring 50 last year against Phoenix and we still lose, him scoring 50 last year against the Clippers and we still lose. I feel like those are the ones where he's more pissed off because he's like, are you kidding me? Like, I went nuclear and you guys did nothing 
this year I feel like he's kind of like, yeah, I ain't doing too well myself. <laughs> That's even scarier, right? Yeah, some part of me thinks he's just not turning it on on purpose, though. He's just being passive. The 2021 season, it was like ball, 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 ball. Now he's just he's just maybe like, he needs to go back passive. to the um to the cornrows. He might need to. That that'll set the tone. We got different stuff here. Enough of yeah. enough of this father of three husband Steph we need this is just his non-leadership way of demanding a trade he's just James Harden fat suiting in his own his own way he's just playing bad I wonder if he's just like I wonder if he's just like looking at this court going like okay they're trapping me with like three guys and I should just be passing the ball and I think he is kind of passing the ball and, and trying to get other people going but just watching Andrew Wiggins catch a ball, make a move, and that ball go out of bounds. Just watching, uh, you know, Saric, he, you know, he's driving dishes to Saric, and Saric takes like three slow motion steps. And by the time he gets there, the defense is there, and he's got to like pump fake seven times. Like just those things, I'm sure, is just so frustrating to for a, a player of his caliber. And look, I mean, you said it at the beginning, right? Is it possible that there is some small regression? That is going to be the story of the second half if they make a trade and things don't get better. The story is going to be Steph. The story is not going to be, well, Siakam was a dud or Draymond, you know, all of a sudden has no passion. It's going to be, has Steph lost a step? That's that's what I think is going to be the story. I almost hope that happens because then he usually comes out firing. Yeah, but what if he does? What if he has really lost his? <laughs> then he's oh, he's done. He's good. Then we're sad. You don't want to see that. I want to yeah. see the Andre tweet. Just he's the not. He's, tweet. It'd be it. It'd be such a. He's not like this. He's still really like he's still a top five player. This is just. I hope you don't. You don't go from what you were last year and then even in the beginning of the season to like just randomly what you are right now. Like that just doesn't happen. It only happens. With Wiggins. And remember I Wiggins. told you, remember I told you I said, I hope Steph does the LeBron thing where he just takes like two weeks off to re- he needs to like refresh. He needs to like take some time off. Because this dude's gonna be back in the all-star game. He's second to uh Luca, I think, in the all-star voting for guards. So unless Shea, well, even if Shea overtakes him <clears> in the starting <throat> spot, he's still gonna get selected. So he's not going to have a break. I, I, I like. Let's just. What are what are our next games here? I, I'm here's my proposal for Steph. Okay, here's here's what we do, Steph. Okay, so we look at the schedule for the Warriors. We have we have the Bulls, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, and the Jazz. Why don't you just take a week off? Come back Friday, Mavericks. Find like a find like a, a reason. I don't know. He, 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 his, his ankle hurts or something. Cause that's like a real legitimate thing that I, I'm sure he probably deals with every day. Take four games off. They're going to lose anyways and just come back refreshed, man. Come back to, uh, to a, the joy of, of basketball again. Like I just, it, I just sense that he's so frustrated right now, but he's so composed. So he doesn't tell anybody. And I just imagine he's like really frustrated. Cause if this was LeBron, this, that was what he would do. He would just, find the space he would take the time off so he could figure it out you know lebron using that basketball brain i think that's what steph needs to do use a basketball brain figure out some stuff work some stuff behind the scenes get a deal done 
You Steph sees these guys. He knows who's got it and who doesn't. Let's let, let's use some GM Steph here, man. Yeah, I hope he has a therapist. <laughs> he should. He should. The, the the Warriors and another like side topic is like Memphis is just kicking their season, right? Like they're like we can't do it with Ja. Oh, Marcus Smart, you looked perfectly fine last night. Oh, wait, you're out for six to eight weeks. Like, did you, know, did you see the, the shot though? Oh, did he actually get hurt? So he dislocated his finger on a three-pointer that he made. So he shoots the shot. It goes in, and he's going back on defense, and his finger's like crooked. Oh, my goodness. No, I didn't see that. I did not see that. But I think they're kicking their season away. The Warriors don't have that luxury. Like, they're real. They're they, the, the, the vets, the, the core is have old. A, they don't have they don't a have... jaw to come back to next year to all of a sudden say, look, let's get a high draft pick so that we can bring that person back with jaw and the rest of this team. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I more so have like a short term approach with this team, which usually, you know, I feel like the Warriors. That's why they have those jobs in the front office and stuff because they have like a, it's like a chess game for them. It's long term. My approach is just like let's win right now because nothing is promised. Like you don't know what's gonna, what they're gonna look like next year. Like you, especially with how Clay came out this year with Draymond missing so much time with Steph. You don't have like just go after it this year. And I think Siakam is their best chance on the trade market to go after it this year. And you know what? The Warriors can't even tank. They don't have their pick. Well, they I think they only have it if they if it's a top four. Oh, I didn't even know it was protected. I think it's I think it's a protected pick as part of the is it the I think the Andre? Trailblazers have it. Oh so that so the Boston had it. Memphis had it then it went to Boston and then it went yeah, to the Trailblazers that, that, all I, in I may one have, summer. I may have clicked an old thing here but yeah it was the Igadala clear cap space for d'angelo russell trade that went to memphis then memphis for the marcus smart thing went to boston and then boston for drew holiday went to trailblazers <laughs> yeah there's a there's a website called tankathon yeah have you seen this website oh yeah uh, i follow him on twitter okay so yeah, the Warriors, as current, their pick would go to Portland. You're right, but I don't. I wish I could see the protections. I wish they had the protections in this website, but I don't see. That's them. another. They, 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 they the probably NBA have them, but it's absolutely ridiculous that this isn't like spewed out to us in like child language of yeah. the protections by the NBA themselves. Like, how do we not know? Yeah, maybe there aren't any protections. I don't know. I can't, I can't figure it out. But anyways, uh, all right. So you are going out of town next weekend. Does that mean that we will be able to do one more show or not? We're kind of a news update that that means nothing to anyone but me. And I guess you is that the trip got delayed a week. So I'm actually oh, it here. Did. For the next so you're here. I'm here okay. for two more weeks so so i could hypothetically do two episodes but safe bet would be one so third next thursday we'll do it which will be right after the jazz game and right before the mavericks game and then the warriors have like they don't play again for like another five days so it'll be wednesday and thursday um so maybe maybe we do it earlier if if possible but if, if it's not possible and you're kind of in, in in anxiety planning mode then uh I, i've already talked to to ben cruz about 
replacing you for the weeks that you're gone. So that'll be good. Nice. All I have to do is give him my PlayStation Five remote. <laughs> I may send I may send him some uh, Terramana as well, though, because he's, good he's helping us out. Uh, uh, I, if the Warriors don't have Siakam by next week, the season's over. <laughs> the season might already be over. What is the record? <laughs> the record is bad, especially in in the West. Uh, they they have a lot of they have a lot of uh, spaces to jump already. But you know the Lakers. What, what do you think? Okay, let's end with this. Only because you know I do this on the Thompson to Clark podcast where Brad and I talk about the Dodgers and the Dodger fans get really mad at us because we're kind of talking tongue in cheek, but also we're just bitter because the Dodgers get all the players. Uh, I also hate the Lakers like a lot, like yeah. very just just like you know sports hate. Obviously not real hate. I don't. You know, I have a lot of fr- I have a lot of friends who are Lakers fans. Oh my gosh! I just clicked on NBA.com, and this is not going to mean anybody to anybody who's not listening Milwaukee. right now. Oh my gosh! They're killing Boston. They're by forty points. Damn! It's only the third quarter. Um, yeah. So I mean, what do you think? Is this kind of a thing? Like LeBron and Steph currently. The Warriors are 12th in the West, and the Lakers are 9th. The Lakers have actually j- gotten back to 500. And we're a Phoenix. Where's Phoenix? Phoenix is 8th, 19 and 18. Damn these are the, these are the guys who are supposed to help us dominate Team USA. What's going on? <laughs> it's a new era, man. It's a new Minnesota, age. Oklahoma City, Denver, the Clippers. The Clippers just re-signed Kawhi, I saw. Then the Kings, the baby Kings are are back large and in charge. And then these Pelicans. So it's, it's just kind of flipped upside down and out with, you know, out with the old and with the new though. I imagine Phoenix, the Lakers, the Warriors, one of those teams, they're all three of them are going to try to get better. I think for Phoenix, they're just like, can we just play our, our main three guys, you know, enough to where we can see if we can evaluate and for the Lakers, I think they're going to make some deals because I don't think that that team fits around uh, LeBron like they were hoping. And then same thing with Steph, right? You you, you build around your stars. Let's let's go. Let's. I, I'm interested in all three teams and see what they do. I think I would bet on all three teams still making the playoff play in of some sort because they all fit the bill for what a contending team is supposed to be. It's supposed to be you don't have your draft picks, you have a top ten player in the league, and. Oh, what was the last one? Oh, and you're in the luxury tax. <laughs> there you so go. So you would go they, you would have to bump out right now. If if let's say the Dallas, Phoenix, I'll bump out Dallas. I don't care. Dallas, Dallas and the Pelicans. You would have to bump out right now. Dallas Pelicans, Kings, right around there. Just to get into the top ten. Well, no, I'm thinking about the top eight. No, I'm just talking about they'll get. I think I think just top ten. Very interesting. All right. We will uh, we will be back next week, and uh, we'll hopefully have more information. You know, if the Warriors do make a trade, we may have to do like an like an emergency thing. Yeah, if it's um, the Occam. Uh So, well, there there may be more in in store before. I just hope that the trade happens before you leave, because you're gonna have all for these for the takes. Warriors' sake too. You're gonna have all these takes while you're gone, and you're just gonna have to bottle them up. You're going to yeah. have to tweet. You just have to reply to Tim's tweets. Yeah. Way to get it out. All right. So we'll be back next week for Brian. I am double GC. When we see you, peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.